0: opening to our direct experience and the value of that as the birthplace of our knowing our deep wisdom about things. Our direct experience is the birthplace of wisdom. You don't have to figure this out with your mind. But right now, just take a look inside and see what you're aware of. What is standing out in this moment? A mood, an emotion, a wondering, an obsession, a worry, a longing. And as we look to see what's here, We bring a particular attitude of mind to our experience, an attitude that is not one of saying, this is the wrong experience to be having. I should be having some other kind of experience. It's not a critiquing of your experience. It's an opening to whatever is here with an open curiosity, a kindness, and allowing and that takes some getting used to, that takes us becoming familiar with how to do that. We're so used to judging, to trying to distract, to resisting, to wishing it were different. But our practice gives us so many opportunities to just say, what is happening? What is here? What can I open to this morning? What is knocking on my door? And what will support that attitude of mind is a posture. Meditation posture is pretty specific. It begins with a sense of being here, of not being slumped on the couch and buried in your bed, but actually saying physically, I am here, and feeling the hereness in the erectness of your spine.
1: Sometimes I like
0: to imagine the back of my body, the spine, as like a tree, effortlessly upright. A tree is not straining to keep itself erect, but it is naturally rooted in the earth. So imagining the base of your spine as having roots that go deep into the earth and support a natural upright posture all the way to the from the base of the spine to the top of the head, to think of that as one line of energy, deeply rooted and supported by the earth, and rising up. Perhaps even feeling the sensations of the spine. It's alive. It's alive nature. How it is to be that present, that alert, because the uprightness communicates a certain kind of alertness, clearness, non-distraction,
1: and even strength.
0: Can you sense the strength in this kind of upright posture?
1: Or even the feeling of support.
0: Supported by our own uprightness, not in a stiff way, not in a military way, but a natural willingness to be here, be fully present, be available. So when we, have a, uh, when we have an experience, whether we're sitting on the cushion or on the chair, we can tune into this uprightness in the back of the body. And that allows the front of the body to be much more relaxed and open and soft. We have the support of the back for the openness and softness of the front of the body, the belly, the heart.
1: The shoulders can relax, the breath can move
0: freely and we can sense what's here. What does the front of the body hold? Emotions, feelings, vulnerability, an exquisite sensitivity we're undefended when we open in this way we're not shielding ourselves we're saying i'm here i'm available i'm open to whatever arises If it's comfortable for you and you're, if you'd like to, I'd like to invite you to put one hand on your belly and one hand on your heart.
1: Feel what's present. Feel the
0: life of your body, moment to moment, the breathing, living presence.
1: You are alive.
0: You can continue sitting like this or you can use this gesture at any time. You feel disconnected or you want to tune in more sensitively to what's happening. Or you can put your hands down. The belly and the heart are included as ways of knowing. The heart has a knowing quality in it, as does the belly. So we begin to become sensitive to that and tune in. It's a different way of sensing our life, our moment to moment experience. It's a different kind of intelligence, you could say, than the mental intelligence. It's different from thinking about things. It's a different kind of knowing of what's here. Tuning in to the strength and alertness of the spine, as well as this open and vulnerable availability of the front of the body, let both be present.
1: This is a deep learning
0: of how to be present with whatever arises. In the body, we're creating a container for all of our experience, whether we like it, we like what happens, or we don't like what happens. We're here for it. We're able to make space for whatever comes, we're able to feel it, to sense it, to see it clearly without being overwhelmed or distracted or thrown around. And many things, of course, arise as we open in this way. On this second day of retreat, it's not uncommon to begin to notice things that are difficult. We call them the hindrances, states of mind and heart that are aversive, not liking how it is, wishing it were different. States of mind and heart that are impatient, greedy, filled with longing for something. States of mind and heart that are skeptical, doubting, resistant, uncertain or tormented by obsessions all of these things can arise they're temporary and we can recognize them allow them to come without being getting entangled and having a posture that is welcoming and also strong and supportive.
1: It's very helpful.
0: Almost everything that arises in our practice has a physical correlate, some, some leaves some impression on the body. We become more attuned to this as we deepen day by day, moment by moment And we see there are many different kinds of sensations in the body, some of them pleasant, some of them unpleasant. Many of them are neutral. And we know the pleasant is pleasant The unpleasant as unpleasant and the neutral as neutral.
1: We discover we can survive the unpleasant. We can be with the pleasant
0: without getting caught. And we can be with the neutral without falling asleep.
1: So the support of our posture makes it possible
0: to open, to see clearly, without running away, without overwhelm. Knowing that all that arises also passes away. It's all temporary. and it's all grist for the mill. It's all feeding our wakefulness, our ability to stay here and aware. Sometimes it's useful to use the breath more specifically as an anchor, learning to stay present with the sensations of breathing, the sensations of the inhalation, the sensations of the exhalation. when we get confused or lost or don't know what else to do. The breath is there. The breath is your anchor. your posture also can be an anchor sitting still sitting upright <clears throat> feeling the hearness <clears throat> of your physical experience
1: What are you aware of right now?
0: What is present in your experience, in your mind, your heart, your body? When you're feeling restless or agitated, bored, angry, frustrated, where does that show up in your body? What are the sensations? Maybe heat, maybe pressure, maybe trembling, maybe gripping. Maybe your stomach feels tight, maybe you're gripping with your jaw or your hands.
1: Notice how the body reacts
0: when we're thinking, when we're lost, when we're planning or remembering.
1: And breathe,
0: relax, remember you're here. In a moment, you will hear the bell rung three times. And during that experience, stay present. And bringing yourself back into the room gently and slowly, no need to rush or jerk yourself back. Hearing the bell beginning to move your body, opening your eyes staying present with yourself, Notice a transition. And if you would like to slowly stand and stretch for a moment or two, please do so. This is not a break. It's just an opportunity to tend to the body. What is the body wanting, needing? What would help the body? And then coming on back into your sitting posture. So we have a little time, as we do every morning, to gather ourselves together as a community and hear a little bit what's happening, what's happening now in the room, or it's happening in your practice. What you're discovering, what you're learning, what you're wondering about—all of these. This is kind of fuel for your practice. You know, the when you're wondering about something, well, what. What are they talking? What is wisdom anyway? Anyway, You know, everybody uses that word, but what is it really? So you begin to ask your own questions, and that wakes up something inside of you. So right now we have a little time to hear people's comments or questions, anything about your practice so far on this retreat, or what's up. And we can do a microphone, yeah. Thanks, Devin. Yes, let's let's wait for the mic. Yeah.
2: Hello. Hello. Good morning. Um. So I think when I'm practicing meditation without guidance from you, teachers. Uh huh. Um, I'm focusing on the mindfulness aspect of it. And I know last night you mentioned connecting mindfulness to wisdom and empowering ourselves. Yes. Um, but could you perhaps expand further into that and in connecting the wisdom theme of this retreat to just um, an unguided meditation? Because I feel that I can focus on my breath. Yes. Um, but... I also find myself drifting into thoughts and trying to understand myself as a woman or yes. what female energy is, which right. is another question I have. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I'm just... I fluctuate a lot and I sure. I find myself kind of lost sometimes.
0: Yes, yeah, sometimes it's easy to get lost in our meditation with a lot of wondering about wisdom or what this theme is about or what how, how do I experience myself as a woman. These are all big questions and they will come up maybe or maybe not in the course of your practice and so the practice has this radical simplicity in it where it, it it just doesn't go into the content so much as what is happening right now what is actually going on I'm sitting here right I'm here in the circle in the room at spirit rock I'm here and what's really going on Oh, I'm thinking about things. So we can just see, oh, there's thinking. And come back to, what is it like to be here in my body? It's where the body is very useful. The awareness of the body sitting. Even if it feels like, but I need to answer these questions. You know, you <laughs> like, what do you mean come back to the body? I don't, that's not what... But actually... It's this letting go in part that we're learning. This radical letting go of how we we think the agenda should be moving to coming back to what's here. And over time, that becomes your way. It doesn't mean you never get to answer those questions. But when, those, when you find those questions, they begin to have another, there's some other understanding you're bringing to them. So, I know it can be a little discouraging at the beginning, but just it takes a certain leap of faith to just follow the instructions. That's sometimes the hardest thing for all of us to do, and myself included. Just stay simple, follow the instructions. No, but what about blah, blah, blah? You know? And so, that's part of our learning how to follow rather than think we know how it should be yeah thank you yes next to you
3: coming up whatever that may be whatever feeling that may be are you just supposed to notice and stay present or also also are you also supposed to bring in a loving kindness towards it are you if when possible. you notice something
0: coming up? Are you supposed to bring loving kindness towards it and just be with it, or what? What? What to do? So, are you going to have a group today?
4: We, Tomorrow, all right? Wednesday.
0: Today. Today Wednesday? is Wednesday. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise everyone! Today is Wednesday. Wow. Anyway, I'm suggesting that might be a great subject to bring up in your group. Um, so you, we could have a little more time to kind of go into that. But both are true. It's very wonderful to learn how to be present with just what's here. But to do that with an attitude of, of, of openness, friendliness, curiosity, welcoming. Like we're not here to get rid of things. That's so hard to learn. Sometimes we think, well, just, if I could just get rid of this restlessness, then I could meditate. (laughs) That's the problem. No, well, we need a, we need a slightly uh, different approach. It's the Aikido of meditation where you're welcoming everything just as it is, as a teacher, as a, as something that has come to show you something. So we bring that radical openness to what's here at the same time that we're saying, okay, restlessness, what does it do to the body? Where do I feel it in my body? Ah, it's just like this terrible fluttering in my stomach. Or it could be something else. I'm just making up an idea but you're, you're seeing how it affects you directly at the same time you're not trying to get rid of it. Thank you. So let's hear from others. Any discoveries? What are you learning? You've been here for, probably you feel like you've been here your whole life by now, but you've been here a few days.
5: I feel like whenever I do one of these retreats, it comes back to my body. Yes. Um, and I have a question somewhat pertaining to this morning. Because we I have a very loud body. <laughs> and sometimes, especially with things like obsessiveness, I think my reaction of shame to some of the things that come up causes me really strong pretty painful physical Mm -hmm. sensations yes and it's very hard to not want them to go away go away to find the wisdom yes right Uh, and it's been a little hard the volume's been pretty high in my body yes and some and with that kind of physical manifestation of that Mm -hmm. right yeah so
0: the body has reactions. Some of them are unpleasant. And we often interpret unpleasant as something is wrong or something is wrong with me or this is too much, I can't bear it. And sometimes we can't bear it and we have to give ourselves something else to attend to. You know, like the sound of the birds or the light in the trees. We, we consciously bring our attention away when it gets overwhelming. On the other hand, we're also learning how to survive things that are unpleasant without making a big story about what it means, interpreting it as some horrible thing that will forever be with me. And we've all been there, so I'm just saying what we all know from being on the front lines. <laughs> so um, so those are some thoughts, and that would also be a good question to take into your group. But thank you for bringing that up.:
1: Yes.
6: Thank you for all the sharing. As, as I sit in retreat and some of the normal machinations fall away, one thing that becomes very prevalent is I start to become aware of the many layers um, that constitute, I guess, each thought or each feeling or experience. So uh-huh. there's the surface layer that might be all I would see in my daily life, and then an impulse under that, and a mood under that, and a, a judgment under that. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but totally, um, it can feel really bottomless, uh-huh. and there's an uh, anxiety in that. And I'm not sure how that relates to wisdom. It just feels like nothingness out there somewhere that maybe I'm not really that enthusiastic about.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, that's an investigation, isn't it, to see if it's true what you're telling yourself. Is it true that it's endless, bottomless? sounds like there's some fear in there, anxiety about something. Part of meditation is, um, you know, like when we're kids and we think there's a boogeyman in the closet, you know, we're pretty convinced there's a boogeyman in the closet and, you know, our parents have to show us the closet a million times before we're like, (laughs) okay, I don't see a boogeyman, I guess there is no boogeyman in it. And then we grow up and we realize that's just, you know, a childish thought. So we do that in our own practice. In our meditation practice, we create boogeyman men. And we create this idea about how things are going to be, how what's going to happen to us. When I fir- <laughs> When I first started practice, I had so much fear. I did a long retreat right away. Anyway, I just met so much fear, and there was nothing to be afraid of. Objectively speaking, there was not, I was, you know, a retreat center, people are sitting and walking, and there's food on the table. I'd be like, <laughs> what could be so bad about that? But that didn't stop my mind from producing endless quantities of fear. And I just had to work with it. And I learned a lot about fear. And I also learned a lot about how the mind creates these boogeymen. So in part, what what that side of practice brings up often in us is this need to be a warrior. A need to say, okay, fear. This is just fear. It's not real. It's not reality. Those are some thoughts. Yeah. Who else?
8: I'm realizing that I came in with an idea of how this was supposed to go.
0: Oh, anybody else (laughs) do that? anybody else have a few ideas maybe you're still having them you know how this is supposed to go when you find out would you let us know
8: (laughs) well it's not going that way um i thought it was going to be profound and cathartic and mind-blowing and it hasn't been that so
0: far. Oh, darn. <laughs> we must not be doing our job.
8: <laughs> well, that's my mind goes to I'm not doing it right. I see. Um, so I don't know if it's just the absence of not having two small children that I'm constantly responsible for or hearing, but I feel like a sense of contentment and peace, and I thought this was supposed to be like I'd break through to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Actually, I just <laughs> I'm I'm trying to um hold that lightly.
0: <laughs> well you know peace sounds to me like a breakthrough to the other side. <laughs> With two small children to feel contentment and peace, that's pretty good. <laughs> So our practice constantly surprises us. We come on retreat thinking we're going to have this revelation. It doesn't happen. We come on retreat thinking we will be tormented by our recent loss, and it doesn't happen. We come with all kinds of ideas that actually don't show up. So we learn that the mind is, we're not as, you know, in control or we don't always have as much uh of a read on what's happening as we think we do. So to be open to the surprises of practice is wonderful. And just see where this peace and contentment goes. It, it's, it's highly valued in the Buddhist teaching, peace. The Buddha said the highest happiness is peace. So, don't argue with it.
3: (laughs) So, like the lady in front of me, I have two small children, and I expected this to be full of stressful thoughts of missing them and all those fears coming up. And I also experience a lot of peace and something I've never experienced. Which is a tremendous amount of trust, yes. which I'm very surprised about, which actually started coming up when people yesterday were sharing their very difficult life situations, and I suddenly felt this love and this trust in spite of all of this life yes. happening. And I have very similar experiences. Trust is kind of maybe we're in the same energy here. But there's this voice which I can clearly locate in my head, which says, well, well, don't become condescending all about this. The fear is going to come up later tomorrow probably <laughs> and so my question is I have a hard time trusting the trust <laughs> yes
0: that's okay that's okay you, you can notice that as uh, that's an interesting thought the truth is you don't know and that's okay we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon we don't even know what's going to happen in five minutes if we're honest with ourselves and that's okay We don't have to figure it all out. We don't have to know if the fear is gonna come or not. We just keep resting in what's here now. Thank you.
7: Um, I feel so much gratitude and um, love and peace too. I want to be really, say, that to encourage everybody that I practiced for five years so intense daily and I had all those hindrances and all those obstacles and all those losses and Mm. things. Uh So it brings up emotions now, but it's feeling peace and love and I want to tell everybody that it's, it's changing all the time. Yes. And it's really really trust on the process. Trust and I have the everything. same thing as you, that I feel so much trust that I'm like, something needs to happen, something bad or negative, <laughs> but it's not there. And, and this morning I walked in the hills and I feel so, and felt so empowered. Hmm. And I was like, is this real? And um, I know that this that this practice of five years has helped me a yes. lot to just be here. Yes, and um, so trust, trust, trust. <laughs> yes. and and also I, I talked yesterday too about working with women a lot. Is I I just want to tell you that self care and connection with yourself is so underestimated, and it's so helpful if you can just offer yourself that. Yeah. So it's not a selfish luxury. It's just filling your bank account, and from there you can really be so much more caring to yourself and and others. So um, and yeah. So I hope everybody <laughs> is just offering themselves that because it's really so important that we as women connecting and. Go out in the world and be the ripple to our children and and everybody. so thank you all. Thank you. Thank you Good
0: morning
4: um, I suffer in life from fomo fear of missing out uh-huh. <laughs> and Here at the retreat, I'm also a rule follower, so... A what? A rule follower. Rule follower. So my question is, to what extent um, is it appropriate to follow what our body wants versus trusting the process and showing up every time for everything that's on the schedule?
0: What are you afraid of missing out on?
4: Um, I, there are times where maybe I want to lay down or I want to meditate by myself instead of being here. But then I also want to trust that this was designed to move me forward in a way that I haven't been able to do on my own. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much to follow my instinct versus what am I resisting by not coming in here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, a few things to say. One is this gathering at at nine o'clock. We we do encourage everyone to come every day because it's where we check in with each other, where there's announcements, where kind of you get the game plan for the day. So that is one thing to say. The other thing we also encourage as the retreat goes on that you do listen to what your body is saying your heart what would it maybe you do want to sit outside sometimes maybe you do want to do a longer walking period you begin to guide yourself as the retreat unfolds and that's a good thing to do so there's some kind of middle way between those two is what i would say yes it's good to have the discipline of sh- you know showing up for certain things but it's also good to learn how to guide yourself So not too much on this side, not too much on that side. Just right.
7: (laughs) I'd like you to speak more about the idea of being a warrior. Um, The line that is going through my head, I am strong, I am invincible. (laughs) Yes. I can take care of everything so it, it seems I don't that think that line is e- in there's the song an extreme, <laughs> there's an extreme
0: I don't think that line is in there <laughs> I can take care of everything is not, no
7: <laughs>
0: we definitely cannot
7: yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's not our job Yeah. so knowing, to be a warrior also knows, means knowing your, your limits what you can do and what you can't do What's realistic and what's not realistic. What you're up for and what you're not up for. So sometimes being a warrior looks like sitting really still and not responding. Sometimes being a warrior means jumping up and like Quan Yin in the middle here. She's ready to roll. You know, she's ready to jump up and help. But we can't always be one way or the other we need to learn how to balance the two it's a deep question and it will be further addressed i have no doubt with these women here you're looking at a group of warriors (laughs) we will have more to say about that for sure